Hey, this is Pastor Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. Partisanship is destroying our country. Many people are serving the demon of partisanship. Ironically, George Washington talked about how serving party over country could destroy this nation. And yet, we haven't seemed to listen to his warning. We're going to talk about how Christians are called to a higher calling, to be people who bring reconciliation to the forefront of all our communication, not political partisanship, on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Thanks for listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. I am Doug Bursch, Pastor Doug Bursch, and uh, today I want to talk about an area uh, that is very close to my heart, central to why I'm doing this radio show on Christian Radio. Uh, every week we bring you two shows: uh, one right here on 6:30 a.m. KCIS on Fridays, and on Wednesday we have just a podcast uh, that we release to you. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org to find out more information. Uh, but I believe that one of the biggest problems with Christian witness, the Christian witness in America, is that we are serving the demon of partisanship, uh, the demon, uh, that partisan spirit. And I want to talk about it today. I uh, did a radio show, a talk show on another radio station here in the Seattle market for five years. It was a talk show. The station paid for me to do the talk show. I was an employee of the station. It was from 4 to 6 p.m., the drive time show, and uh, I did 1,200 shows. Part of that show, I would interview people. Uh, I'd interview pastors, uh, guests, celebrities, authors. I'd also talk about daily news events and what was going on in our culture. And this was before uh, the last election, presidential election cycle. So it was right before the lead up to uh, with uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton uh, running for uh, the presidency. And um, five years up to that, and then the Lord called me to step down from that show. And I stepped down at the height of my show. I, I was doing well. Things were fine. I just felt like I was supposed to do something else. And, I, and I'm so glad, frankly, that I did step down because I don't think I would have been able to make it through that political season, uh, because on that daily show, it's it's different than what I do here. I really did talk about current events and political events, and what I had found is, um, and I, I don't really know how to say this. I'm not going to try to couch my words. I will offend people greatly with today's show by just me being honest. But all I can be is myself, so I'm just going to be myself. Uh, I found that the politically charged environment in some Christian circles is so great and so toxic that by just me being me, I received on a weekly basis just terrible, hate-filled responses from other Christians. If you've listened to anything I've done for a prolonged period of time, stuff I've written, if you know me as a pastor, I don't try to cause conflict. I'm not someone who is shouting people down, yelling at people. 
I believe that reasonable people can disagree about all sorts of things. I just don't think we have to be jerks about it. But one of the things I found, and uh, I, 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 I would like to be able to say this differently. I'd like to be able to say some sort of balanced thing. But by far, the meanest people that I confronted were far-right conservative Christians. Some of the meanest people I confronted were political Christians. Now, obviously, I was on a Christian station, so you ran into those people more. Now, I did run into some very mean atheists, although I found a few atheists that I was able to dialogue with who actually became my friend and would listen to the show and they'd complain about things I said, but we still were able to have a civil dialogue. But what I found was there was a type of political Christian that when you said something you disagreed with, and by the way, right now, if they're listening right now, they're very angry and they're on the attack. Just from what I said, they're no longer listening to me. They're no longer treating me like a human. They've gone into dehumanizing mode. I don't, I don't know what that is. Well, I think I kind of know what it is. But they would immediately go into dehumanizing mode. And so someone that I had never interacted with ever, you know, someone never on the face of this planet who's a brother or sister in the Lord, would their first interaction with me would be to, you know, basically write me an email that was just incredibly angry and mean. Just very mean, calling me a heretic, questioning my faith, questioning my integrity, questioning me as a pastor, wanting me fired. The first, the, their first interaction with me, someone who had never interacted with me at all. One of the things I always knew was going to be a bad email because they would start it very respectfully. You know someone's going to tear you apart when they say, Dear Mr. Birch or Dear Pastor Birch. It's, it's just something that happens that when, when people want to tear you down, they start with this false civility. Or, or I think it's actually a distancing way. It's a way to kind of distance you. But it was, it was so shocking at the beginning. It was incredibly difficult. In fact, it was difficult the whole time because I understood that people could disagree, and, and I would say things where, I, I, you know, I'd go, this is my opinion, but, you know, I could be wrong. And again, I wasn't strongly, you know, giving far-left positions or far-right positions. I was just talking things out on the air. But if I would say something that someone didn't agree with, they would come in and not just attack my opinion. They would attack my faith. They would attack the integrity behind my faith the integrity behind my opinions. And one of the things that would, would get me in this is I often thought about this, that I realized as they were communicating with me, they had absolutely no desire to change my opinion. They had no desire to actually win me over to the truth. Let's just say I'm an idiot. We can all agree upon that, right? I'm just, I'm just wrong. Even if I was completely wrong, they were not communicating for the purpose of bringing me into the truth. They were communicating for the purpose of destroying me, of hurting me, of letting me know that you're wrong and I'm right. It, it was a different kind of spirit. And while doing the show, I began to realize something that I've always kind of focused in on, but it, it even just kind of sharpened this in my mind that there's a different spirit that many Christians are serving. And we need to recognize this spirit, and that's what I want to focus in on today. There is a partisan spirit that is very different than the gospel. 
it's very different. There's a spirit that, that uses similar language. It uses truth language. It uses the right words, but, or at least the right truth statements, but for the wrong purposes. And we as Christians need to be very careful of recognizing that partisan spirit. And so on today's show, I want to talk about this because there is a difference between being partisan and being political. Sometimes people say, well, we shouldn't be political. Well, that, that's just ridiculous. Everyone's political. And, and by the way, being an American, that's how this works. This, this republic works. We're all supposed to be political. We're supposed to have an idea and we're supposed to engage this democracy, this republic. Like, you, don't, you don't just opt out and let other people control it. So we should all have a political opinion. There's nothing wrong with having a political opinion. And in fact, I would say you're, you're dangerous and probably irresponsible if you don't have a political opinion. So this is not about, well, Christians, we should just pray for one another and not have any opinions and just let other people do the political stuff. Now, what I want to focus in on is we need to understand the difference between being political and being partisan. There's a radical difference between those two things. That's, that's the first thing we're going to talk about, the difference between being political and being partisan, and the difference between being right and being reconciling. The difference between having the right answer, between having the right answer and having a reconciling answer. Is the goal of our communication just to communicate the truth or to communicate the truth in such a way that we are bringing people into the light? Because what I've found in this communication is people would be sending me these angry emails and angry voicemails and I realized they didn't care if I was in the darkness or not. Let's just assume I was wrong, and, and there's a good chance I was, or even now that I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, then as a Christian, it's pretty clear how you're supposed to treat me. One, if, you're, if I'm your enemy, the, you know, Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to them, don't expect to be repaid, lend to them. You know, there's, there's a lot about how we're supposed to treat our enemies. So we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're supposed to love our enemies. So if I'm an enemy, if I'm wrong, you're still supposed to approach me with love. And you're supposed to approach me with love for the purpose of you're trying to bring me to a place where I see my error and then I grow closer to God and I repent and I turn to God and I turn to the truth. And I turn to the truth in such a way that not only do I grow closer to God, but that we grow closer together. That means I communicate truth for the purpose of reconciling. The ministry of reconciliation that you would be brought closer to God and we'd be brought closer to each other. We're going to take a quick break and talk about the purpose of our communication. It's reconciliation, not political partisanship. More to come. Hey, this is Pastor Doug Bursch. This show stays on the air because of your support. I need some people to donate. The way to donate is you go to fairlyspiritual.org. Go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate $25, $50, $100. If you're hearing something on today's show where you're saying, I want to hear more of that on the radio, then please donate today. Your gift matters. You make the difference. You want the show to stay on the air? Then please donate. Go to fairlyspiritual.org. Thanks. All right. So 
On today's show, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the difference between a partisan spirit and a political spirit. We're talking about the difference between being reconciling and being right. I remember when I did, I did a radio show for, if you just joined me, I used to do a show on another Christian station. I did 1,200 shows and some of the most angry, mean people I ever met, some of the meanest things that were ever said to me were from far-right conservative Christians who believed they were right and I was wrong. And the first way they communicated to me was not in a way that showed love and care, even if they disagreed. It was basically to tear me down, to hurt me, to harm me, to reject me, to prove that I was an idiot and they were right, or I was a heretic and they were the, you know, they were the truthful one. It was clearly not to communicate in a way to turn me from my error to the truth. I knew they weren't loving me. You, you just know when someone isn't loving you. You know that. You know when their purpose is to do something else. You know, um, I, I wrote a book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, and in it I have a chapter on how sin divides us. And I talked about how immediately, you know, sin divides every relationship. The relationship between Adam and Eve and the relationship between Cain and Abel. Uh, sin also divides nations. And one of the fascinating things for me is if you look at uh, the founding of our nation, uh, George Washington, uh, before he left office, he wrote uh, the Farewell Address. That's what it's titled. He basically wrote a letter that was published in every newspaper. And in that Farewell Address, uh, he warned the nation that one of the greatest dangers to our nation's health and he didn't say it was socialism. He said one of the greatest dangers to our nation's health was the spirit of party. And the, the language is, uh, you know, the way uh, they wrote at that time, it's, it's kind of hard language to, to read. It's a little bit flowery and difficult to understand. But, you know, a lot of people say, we need to go back to the founding of our nation. We need to get back to that. Well, George Washington warned the nation that what's going to happen is People are going to want to divide this nation regionally, you know, the, the South and the East and the North and the West, and divide you into different factions. But the most important thing we need to do as a nation is understand that unity part. We must strive for unity. Here's a quote, and it's a little wordy, but here's from the book. Uh, this is from George Washington's farewell address. Uh, George Washington says, the unity of government, which constitutes you one people, is also now dear to you. It is justly so, for it is a main pillar in the edifice of your real independence. Unity is the pillar of our real independence. And he goes on, the support of your tranquility at home, your peace abroad, of your safety, of your prosperity, of that very liberty which you so highly prize. He says our liberty, our, our, uh, our freedom is tied to our ability to understand the importance of our unity. He goes on and he talks about how, uh, he says, there'll be people who will come along who will try to destroy this unity. And he says, make sure that you reject anyone or anything who tries to weaken the unity of the nation. This is what George Washington says. He says, 
But as it is easy to foresee that from different causes and from different quarters, much pains will be taken, many artifices employed to weaken in your minds the conviction of this truth, as this is the point in your political fortress against which the batteries of internal and external enemies will be most constantly and actively, though often covertly and insidiously directed, it is of infinite moment that you should properly estimate the immense value of your national union to your collective and individual happiness, that you should cherish and cordial, habitual, and immovable attachment to it, accustoming yourself to think and speak of it as of the palladium of your political safety and prosperity. Again, your unity, watching for its preservation with jealous anxiety, discountenancing whatever may suggest even a suspicion that it can in any event be abandoned, and indignantly frowning upon the first dawning of every attempt to alienate any portion of our country from the rest. You hear what George Washington says there? He says, frowning upon the first dawning of every attempt to alienate any portion of our country from the rest, or to enfeeble the sacred ties which now link together the various parts. George Washington goes on, he says, the spirit, the spirit of party, unfortunately, is inseparable from our nature, having its roots in the strongest passions of the human mind. It exists under different shapes in all governments, more or less stifled, controlled, or repressed. But in those of the popular form, it is seen in its greatest rankness and is truly their worst enemy. So his fear was in this popular democratic process, this party system will cause great harm. He goes on and says, The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual, and sooner or later the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitor, turns this disposition to the purpose of his own elevation on the ruin of public liberty. Now, I know those are kinds of, you know, that's wordy language. But George Washington could see it. He, he said in his farewell address that the thing we should care about the most is the one nation. You know, often people say that under God is very important, or the one nation under God, but just as important is the one nation. This unity. But the problem with partisan politics is the goal of partisanship is to devour and divide. The goal of partisanship is this, our side to win and your side to lose. For us to get our 51% or our 50.5%, whatever it takes for us to win. The goal of party is not so we can find a way for us to work together to be able to bring health to the situation. The goal of party is for us to be right and you to be wrong. That's a partisan spirit. The partisan spirit begins to demonize the other party and, and basically make, you know, my party is the right party, your party is the wrong party. We're the good guys, you're the bad guys. Our goal is for us to win and for you to lose, for us to take control of the nation and for you to go away. Partisanship is contrary to the gospel. Again, politics is something different. I can have different opinions than you, but the goal of me sharing my opinions and you sharing your opinions is we're sharing these things for the purpose of finding the truth and coming together and finding a way to work together as a community that cares for one another. That's different. 
sharing our political perspectives for the purpose of working together as one nation under God is different than me sharing my political perspectives for the purpose of destroying you. Christians must understand the difference between a partisan spirit and a political spirit. And we must understand the difference between being right and being reconciling. Because our goal is not to be right, but to be reconciling. Let me say that again. Our goal is not to be right, but to be reconciling. 2 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul talks about our ministry. Let's start in, uh, uh, let's go verse 16. Paul says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. So one, just Christians, we don't live like the mindset of those who are not Christians. Christians should have a radically different mindset of those who are not Christians. We should have a radically different worldview. We should have a radically different spirit. We should act differently. We should talk differently. We should be differently. There should be a radically different spirit to Christians than non-Christians. If they look the same, there's something really wrong. But he goes on, he says, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Christ reconciled us to the Father, brought us in relationship to the Father, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. What is our mandate? What are we called to do? We're not just called to go out and tell people the truth. We're called to communicate the truth in such a way that people are reconciled to God and reconciled one to another. If we don't understand that, we will just fall into the partisan spirit of our age. So often, you hear Christians through social media, on the air, on TV, in their books, on the radio, championing their causes, championing their crusades, talking about what's right and what's true and what's holy but they do not communicate in a reconciling way. They are not communicating for the purpose of bringing people who are in the dark into the light. They are not communicating from the purpose of loving those who are lost or communicating for the purpose of helping the enemies of God become friends of God. And sometimes people go, oh, you know, Doug, that's just so pie in the sky. You know, it's political. You got to do what you got to do. No, no, that's, that's not true. You don't got to do what you got to do. Christians are called to a higher standard. And if our Christianity looks just like pagan politics, then we have nothing to offer the world. And when I look at the world right now, when I look at Christians right now, I see a Christian witness in the political sphere that stinks. I see something that the example of the Christian church, instead of Christians setting the example of being kinder, sweeter, more loving, the fruit of the Spirit, the love of God, the true expression of Christ, just clearly, man, you can just see those Christians, they're different than the rest of the world. Instead of Christians leading the world or leading the politicians, 
Christians are following the worst nature, the worst characteristics, the worst inclinations of the politicians in our midst. Not only are Christians not leading the charge, Christians are following the worst expressions of partisanship in our culture. And we're doing this for political gain at the cost of the Ministry of Reconciliation. We are losing our witness, and we are losing our spiritual authority to lead. This is the question I have for you. What are you ministering? Are you ministering the Ministry of Reconciliation? Are you ministering partisanship? Is it political expressions, or is it devouring partisanship? Is it reconciling, or are you just trying to be right? Which is it? Let's give a better witness in this bitter world. Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. On today's show, I talked about George Washington's farewell address. Uh, if you want to find out more about that, I have a whole chapter on how sin divides us and what George Washington said about sin dividing a nation or a party and a nation. Uh, feel free to pick up my book at Amazon.com, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, or you can go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org. Also, please, your donation keeps this show on the air. So if you like what you heard today, please donate. Your donation makes all the difference in the world. I'll see you next week.